This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. Uh, Monday, 28 August, year of alert, 2023. Uh, today, of course, as we talked earlier, the uh, the lawfare element of this is is even more out of control than it's ever been. The trial on J six is set on um, four four March of uh, twenty twenty four. So it's right before the um, it's obviously right in the middle of the primary season, but right before Super Tuesday. They're coming at Trump every different direction from lawfare, but they, the reason is that he scares them absolutely to the marrow of their being. I want to bring in Darren Beatty. Darren, you got a couple things up on uh, on on Revolver. I think people need to read it and think about. But at first, I want to go to the to the mugshot itself and to the Atlantic magazine and other of the uh, intelligentsia elite and how Donald Trump, his entire personhood, his being, his movement, all of it terrorized these people. Walk me through this. Indeed. Well, I mean, this is yet another time for the seemingly 10,000th time, maybe even 10 millionth time that the regime's strategy to finally conclusively bury Trump ultimately <laughs> backfired. And you know, this might be, this might be the, the most <laughs> profound backfire yet. And you just saw the difference because, you know, the people in the other prosecutions they were smart enough not to put themselves in this position with the mugshot, but the IQs are a lot lower over in Fulton County, and they just really <laughs> ruined themselves by, you know, if there's anybody in the country who's a master of the spectacle, it's Donald Trump. His instincts, particularly in this sort of thing, are second to none, and he just nailed it and produced I would say, arguably, the most iconic mugshot in American history. And, you know, just elevated his historical status still further as though that were even possible. I mean, he absolutely nailed it. And, you know, you only have one shot for something like this. And you think about it, you know, think of how an ordinary person would approach it. You, you know, think about it. What should I do? What kind of face should I make? What this or that? You can imagine that he probably had advisors telling him, you know, you should smile. You should do this and that. And, you know, thank goodness he had the instincts not to smile. And what he produced was just such an incredible portrait. Um, I mean, he's an American original. original. Uh, even his detractors have to acknowledge that. And, you know, he became kind of a folk hero. Did we have, uh, we this had, uh, a we've major, got major, major victory. Darren, hang on for one second. You just froze up for a second. I want to make sure we get that out there. Because um, I think it's Maureen Callahan over at the columnist at the Daily Mail, who's no fan of Trump's, on that mugshot said he became, and not just that, the whole way he, he uh, comported himself, became a renegade, an outlaw, and an American folk hero 
all at one time, your thoughts. Yep. Absolutely. He's an American folk hero. This is, and this mugshot is just the, the perfect representation of that. It's the perfect spectacle for that. Uh, the whole event of arriving there, um, you know, with his, with his crew going in and then the picture itself, um, truly iconic stuff, an incredible self-own from the Stooges at Fulton County. Um, I mean, it's just, it's an amazing image. It takes days to even process it. It's really, it has real life in it. It has real energy in it. It has a real vibe that kind of captures the moment. And, you know, talk about stuff that you can't teach. You know, it's just, you know, only Trump could have pulled that off. Um, talk about doing that in the moment too, that defining moment. We talk about the, the unforgiving minute or the defining moment when something's all come together and you've got to do it right at that time and you have to do it perfectly to actually conceive that. How, how important is that? To show? And I want to contrast that to, <laughs> to the Keebler elves up on the stage on Wednesday night when this was Ron DeSantis' moment and he had two hours and there wasn't a second he could step into the decisions, not a second he could step in and own the moment. It's just a comp the, the, the compare and contrast was just so, you know, brutally obvious, Darren. Absolutely. You know, politics is so rehearsed and, you know, people know that they're in front of an audience and they have to put on a face. And so what people are looking for, what they call honest signals, you know, the things that you can't fake. And, you know, pre pressure moments create the possibility for honest signals. For instance, again, maybe the, one of the most iconic debate moments is the 2016 debate. And, you know, Megyn Kelly for teeing this up was the only Rosie O'Donnell moment. I mean, that's just thinking on your feet. That's You can't fake that. You can't rehearse that. Either you have it or you don't, and it just completely neutralized a major attack line that was going against him and won over the audience. Again, it's turning turning the enemy's energy against them, just like he did with the mugshot. Um, with the mugshot, your face could give off a million different micro-expressions. It's literally a snap second. And if you screw up the snap second with a weird you know, tick in your face or near, you know, weird twitch of which, unfortunately, Ron DeSantis has many, um, the whole thing is ruined. And he just nailed that. And it's, you know, one of those things you really just can't teach it. Either you have the instincts for it and you can pull it off or you can't. And that's one of the many points of relevant contrast that distinguish Trump from, as you call them, the elves on stage that really gives us a glimpse, a kind of nightmare vision into how boring and bland and uninspiring Republican politics was before Trump and will be after Trump. Uh, I want to go back to something you said about the spectacle. He's a master of the spectacle. I, I don't know if it's Cohen or one of the other guys who used to work for him that's a little bit bitter. Um, and they said... Fulton County allowed him to arrive like Caesar and he completely dominated from the way, even from taking off to Bedminster, you had so many police officers and so many, you know, the SUVs and he rolled up and you saw these uh, videos made by local residents. A lot of them African-American, they were just loving it. And he literally rolled in 
like Caesar and his legions, or Caesar with a Praetorian guard, right? It, it, the, the spectacle, the whole thing, from the time he left, the flight, he got there, and, and then when he rolled in. Walk me through that. Walk me through the a guy that understands scale, and particularly in modern communications where it's this, this so hard to pierce through anything today. It was a complete evolution. It was a complete day that he just dominated, and, and to do it, and to target it, to do it in prime time. Where you had to have primetime coverage and the Bigfoot, any type of spin anybody would possibly get out of the Keebler Elves, sir. Absolutely. Yeah, everything about it. Everything about the moments, the day leading up to the mugshot and then culminating in the shot itself, which is sort of the indelible imprint of his status as the folk hero who attacked the in, uh, corrupt and illegitimate system. Everything about it was executed perfectly everything everything had its place in the grand spectacle um you know he's a, a showman of the of the highest order in a country that's known for producing the best showman and so um you know what what more can one say about that other than you know this was one of trump's shining moments and he's someone who absolutely delivers um under pressure and he did here in space you see You've seen the judge now trying to force the, the you know, uh, Fonnie Willis wants a trial that starts in 30 days. You saw the judges ordering a trial starting in, in, in March, right before Super Tuesday. What is your net, net assessment of how the whole lawfare angle is is, is coming at Trump? You, you think that they're breaking Do you think the that the apparatus, the, the, the cathedral, the, the regime has broken their pick on this? Well, it's clearly election interference, as as Trump uh, states over and over again. It's election interference of the most malicious and outrageous and really obnoxious uh, kind. And the you know the dates, the trial dates here, you know, really just kind of underscored in such an egregious way that you know they're not even trying to mask it anymore. This is just naked, brutal politics on the part of. Um, the lawfare regime that is going after Trump. Um, so I I hope they have a strategy for it. I think there's there are different mechanisms. There may be a way to get the Supreme Court itself to intervene and to issue a, a judgment before trial. There are various mechanisms on hand. They've tried they've tried everything with this guy right now. Is the Fourteenth Amendment is that the next thing they're going to try? Is to try to get into people's mind that he's actually not eligible to run, and you'll have Newsom take it to the California Assembly. You got this. You got a Sununu Grundoon up in uh, New Hampshire, some Republican AG who said he's checking into whether Trump can even be on the ballot. Is that the next thing we're going to have to work through? I think that will be many vectors of attack. I think we're going to see some of the most remarkable contortionism, legal contortionism that you could possibly imagine across a number of dimensions. Every legal theorist, every Democrat legal theorist hack is going to be dumping op-eds in the New York Times, the Washington Post, and so forth, explaining why Trump is no longer legally eligible to run or to become president. And there's going to be a lot of pressure from the Republican establishment and the Murdoch types to reinforce that position and try to use that to prevent him from getting the nomination. And this is before yet another indictment that I fully expect 
for seditious conspiracy, probably a superseding indictment to the latest um, federal one. And they're definitely going to use that to claim that he's not eligible, especially if they can speed run a conviction um, while he's still running. I think, yeah, they would claim he's constitutionally ineligible if he's convicted of that. Tell me, go back to that, because Julie Kelly's been pushing that. Uh, I know a lot of folks we've had on who had Mike Davis on this morning. Explain to the audience why that's different. And that may be their last uh, gasp at trying to get Trump, at least in the public's mind, that he's not eligible. You know, because this thing is going to come down, it's going to be very tight. So if you get 1% of the people that have some questions, you could actually maybe win that way. Walk, walk through the seditious conspiracy. Right. Well, seditious conspiracy is a special kind of charge, and there's some legal basis to say, okay, you're no longer eligible to be president um, if you're convicted of that particular type of charge of sedition. And I fully expect that they will. In fact, why wouldn't they? They've already gone to great lengths. The whole January 6th thing, the whole Fed surrection hoax that we've been reporting on for years now. Um, the whole purpose of it, other than to neutralize Trump's supporters, is to take Trump off the political chessboard. And they've already damaged and destroyed their credibility by charging him in the first place for obstruction, con for conspiracy against rights, and so forth. As long as they've tossed out their legitimacy in that sense, there's no reason for them not to add the cherry on top to drop the full nuke and give him the seditious conspiracy charge and then put him in the same category with the most notorious January 6th defendants. Talk to me about, you've got an amazing piece up that, that grabbed my attention. I wonder if uh, Memphis can put it up now. Um, they're not talking about this one. Murdoch-funded post-debate poll destroys the entire establishment narrative. Walk, walk our audience through this. Indeed. Well, yet again, earlier on, we were talking about Trump's instincts, his mastery of spectacle. Part of that is knowing how to present yourself, and part of that is knowing when not to present yourself. And he correctly intuited that the spectacle of someone of Trump's stature and popularity simply being on the debate stage with the others would unnecessarily diminish him. That's how pathetic the rest of the crowd is. For him to just be on the same stage as them diminishes him. And he understood that. And of course, there are a lot of people who are, you know, some people who are just authentically naive, others who are inauthentic, but nonetheless wrong, who are saying, oh, Trump's a coward. I think Jordan Peterson actually came out and said, Trump's a coward for not going to the debate, really. And enough people complained that he, you know, he, he read the, the direction of the wind. And so he celebrated the mugshot and said, wow, this guy is so bold and so forth. Um, so there were people inauthentically saying, oh, you know, he should have gone, he should have gone. Well, the latest polling funded, ironically, uh, by the, the Murdoch enterprise confirms that the majority of Republicans say, yeah, he, you know, he made a great decision not going to debate. It doesn't hurt him in the polls whatsoever. And furthermore, all of the hacks like Frank Luntz, real weird person. Actually, in my interview with Trump early this year, we both um, 
acknowledged and spoke a little bit about how weird Frank Luntz is. This is a guy who has a replica of the Oval Office in his house, his second-story basement that's completely soundproofed. You know, let that sink in a little bit. And, uh, you know, you can figure out for yourself what weird stuff he might be involved in. But Frank Luntz came out and said, oh, uh, Nikki Haley, you know, won the debate. And, you know, there are other, you know, even more ridiculous people saying Mike Pence won the debate. And, of course, the Stooges on Fox News, um, you know, the cocktail waitresses on Fox News, they were saying that Ron DeSantis won this and that. Well, again, the same Murdoch poll shows that most people thought Vivek won, actually, which I think is the fair and objective assessment. He was the only person on stage with anything interesting to offer. So that's yet another establishment narrative myth uh, blown up. And so this piece goes through myth by myth and how the latest poll that's funded by Murdoch themselves sort of undermines all of the myths and the spin that you've been hearing regarding Trump's non-participation in the debate and the alleged winners of these establishment hacks and neocons like Nikki Haley and Mike Pence and so forth. Did the neoliberal, I didn't watch the debate, but but when I looked at the polling afterwards and saw some clips and, and Vivek kind of gave the crib notes, I'm not saying he believes any of it, but he gave the crib notes to War Room, right? And people responded to that. If you combine Trump's populist nationalism and what Vivek presented that clearly not only had reaction from the audience, but the people at home, but had this uh, virulent reaction by the professional politicians of the neoliberal neocon order because they left DeSantis alone and went after him. Does that show you that 80 percent, 80 percent of really the vote people who vote 80 to 85 percent are populist nationalists? That's they, they want to get out of this neoliberal neocon. Uh, area and, and what you saw on the stage there was the dying embers of the old Republican Party. Well, I don't know if you could say populist nationalists, but they certainly resonate with people like Trump who have authenticity and who exist outside of this totally ossified, rehearsed, uninspiring. Uh, confines of what you saw on the debate stage. Again, it's like, like I said, it really was, you know, the, the debate served a real purpose. It wasn't just a worthless exercise. It really helped to remind us how bland and worthless and uninspiring Republican politics was before Trump and how it's likely to be after Trump and just kind of what an anomaly he's been and how the Trump phenomenon more generally has reshaped a lot of the, the same typical boring stuff, ordinary. It wasn't like they was uniquely bad. That's what politics was before Trump. That's certainly what Republican politics was. So I think it was an instructive and useful reminder to us just how, how um, notwithstanding you know, the criticisms that people have of Trump and nobody's perfect, but um, things could be a lot worse and things were a lot worse. And I, you know, I think Trump can win it in 2024. I hope he does. But eventually even Trump will um, will exit the stage. And the question is, what are we going to be left with? And those are some pretty big shoes to fill. And nothing really underscores that better than 
watching the recent Republican debate without Trump on that stage. Amazing. Great. Uh, Revolvers on top of all this. It's a must read. It's a show prep for uh, War Room every day. Darren, you're doing an amazing job. How do people get to your social media and how do they get to Revolver to get all these great articles you put up? Revolver.news. Revolver.news, as always, we're covering all of this, the very cutting edge of analysis and reporting. I'm on Twitter at Darren J. Beattie, and we're always white hot and running on Getter at Revolver News. Fantastic, Darren. Great job. Always insightful. Do you have a cold open? Do you have a cold open for Jackie? There was a, uh, qu- there's quite a situation that is brewing in, uh, in New York and it's, um, and it's, uh, it's starting to shock some people, the reality of, it. let's go and play Jackie Torboroff's cold open. We'll go right to Jackie. Wow. Jackie Turboroff uh, joins us. Jackie, you've been putting up some great pieces about this, but exploded over the weekend. I want to, because the mainstream media has not particularly covered this one. Walk us through what we just saw, what caused it, what's this about? The Democrats have weaponized illegals. What has caused it is Adams, this administration, has mass imported sent out a batman signal to illegals and they're here and 60 percent 61 percent of new york state is democrat 68 percent of new york city is democrat 82 percent of registered voters say that illegals are a serious problem they've absolutely had it we don't want them in our schools we don't want them in our parks we don't want them in our streets we do not want them in new york city Okay, hang over a second, because I think this is a shocking part. Adams, when he came in, essentially declared New York City a sanctuary city. And he couldn't wait to take, you know, as many illegals as possible. And then people started busting up there. But it's really just the natural attraction New York's had for this Biden policy. Now Adams is sitting there saying we can't take him more. Plus, he's looking, I think, for a $20 billion bailout, which he's not going to get. Um what has happened in the city? Describe for people because, you know, besides the New York Post putting this up, this is not actually getting a ton of coverage. I know you've done some incredible pieces in Manhattan Press, but but what has happened to the city? I think is it really it's 100,000 illegal aliens. Is that what you guys have right now? No, we have 500,000 non-citizens here, undocumented illegals, and we have 100,000 since the spring of 2022. You know this better than anyone. Every single number they give you on price, on cost, is a total lie because they have no uh, they have no reason to stop the illegals from coming in. This is really important. 
the the a staten island judge ruled it was unconstitutional what mayor adams when he was campaigning sought to do which was to then let non-citizens 800,000 at the time vote they found a workaround actually and this is why the adams administration is co-opting language and they're using the word migrants which means looking for gainful employment employment i was at the roosevelt hotel i have seen this reported nowhere there was zero press outside these were people that were lawless they were doing drugs on the street selling drugs using drugs there were children around they were riding e-scooters up and down the sidewalks impervious to who they killed who they ran over little kids were ill-mannered. They were throwing balls against a landmark building, looking to smash out windows while the parents close by did drugs. These people are coming into our schools. And by the way, public school children used to cost taxpayers $28,000 per public school student annually because of the illegals. That price has gone up to $38,000 per public school student annually the prize of course is being in the bottom half of the nation for reading and writing we want the illegals out jackie hang on for one second your reporting's been amazing over manhattan press and you're going to the places in the city to cover this and nobody else will jackie torberoff will join us and take a short commercial break we'll be back in a moment As central banks and countries like China, India, Australia begin transitioning to a digital currency, the Federal Reserve has been contemplating the same for the United States of America. With a digital currency, the government could track every single purchase you make. Officials could even prohibit you from purchasing certain products or even easily freeze or seize part or all of your money. These are some of the reasons concerned Americans reach out to Birch Gold Group. They want to have a physical asset that's independent from the U.S. dollar. Gold held tax-sheltered in a retirement account. Remember, gold held in your tax-sheltered retirement account. Learn if gold is right for you. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, 298-9898. That's Bannon, 989898. And Birch Gold will send you a free information kit today. 
With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, countless five-star reviews, Birch Gold has been helping my listeners and viewers from the very beginning of the show. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 and claim your free info kit on gold because of a central bank digital currency becomes reality. It'll be nice to have some gold to depend on. Take action. Use your agency. Do it today. If you're sick and tired of the globalist leftist takeover of America's corporations, go to patriotmobile.com slash Bannon and support a company that actually believes in America. For 10 years, Patriot Mobile has been America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. Let me repeat, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. And when I say only, trust me, they're the only one. Glenn Story and the team have been great supporters of this show, which is why I'm proud to partner with them. Patriot Mobile offers dependable nationwide coverage, giving you the ability to access all three major networks, which means you get the same coverage you've been accustomed to without funding the left, without funding people that hate you. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're sending the message that you support free speech, religious freedom, the sanctity of life, the Second Amendment, and our military veterans and first responder heroes. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Keep your number, keep your phone, or upgrade. Just go to patriotmobile.com slash Bannon or call 878-PATRIOT, P-A-T-R-I-O-T, 878-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with the offer code Bannon. We need to stand together and support companies that share our values. PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon or call 878-PATRIOT. COVIDTaxRelief.org got a small retail business almost $80,000. COVIDTaxRelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly two hundred and fifty grand, And COVIDTaxRelief.org just got a large distribution business almost $900,000. If you run a business, church, or nonprofit and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. But beware of clickbait or pay upfront companies who make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDTaxRelief.org receives a low reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDTaxRelief.org. Visit COVIDTaxRelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's COVIDTaxRelief.org, COVIDTaxRelief.org. The refund examples are not a guarantee and not all businesses qualify. That's why you have to check today with COVIDTaxRelief.org. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Jackie Toberoff joins us. Jackie, I want you to go back to the statistics because you're saying that this situation is so out of control that even that even 
Democrats, people registered Democratic voters, just want these illegal aliens. The 100,000 have now, quote unquote, hit the beaches in Manhattan. They want them gone. Is that, am I hearing you correctly? It's even worse. So a new poll just came out August 22nd. It's Unite New York. You're going to go crazy when you hear this. 70% of the Bronx wants to move. This is insane because the majority of the Bronx is minority. It's Hispanic and then black. They have freaking had it. And the thing that's so amazing to me about this is the entire premise of the Adams administration. The linchpin is social justice. Everything he has done has been you know, to, uh, <laughs> I don't even know what I can say here, but it's it's been social justice. And now we have seen the result of social justice. The people that he's pretending to help have had it. They can't stand what's going on here. Um, when I was at the Roosevelt Hotel, these illegals should be called the elite illegals. They, again, it was a lawless scene. We're being told that they're migrants so that we are gaslit into believing that they should vote uh, and work and do all of these things because they've had it so hard. They have it better at that hotel than a lot of people I know who are in the public and private school system. What What is, talk to me, you got involved in all this because as a mom, you said the schools were out of control. Uh, and I know you got involved during the, the COVID situation, but it led to much more about how bad the reading was, how bad the education was overall. How bad is it going to be with the return to school and these illegal alien children being put into the uh, into the public schools in New York City? I don't mean to sound negative, but unless we have a mayor, unless we have a president that literally takes every single illegal outside of these Democrat enclaves outside of America, New York City is done. This is an unsustainable business model. Uh, I'm sure you just saw what's happened in the Nordstrom uh, in San Francisco. They just had to close it. No one wants to be around this. It's a lawless environment. It's financially unsustainable. No one wants to be in these schools. No one wants to be on these streets. It's it's a recipe for failure. And this actually is what diversity or equity or social justice looks like. Failure. Um, Adams is talking about right now a federal bailout and 10, 20, 30, 40 billion dollars. Number one, is it justified to the American taxpayer underwrite this? And even so, is that enough to save this collapsing system in New York City? I live in New York City and I hope we don't get one penny of it. There is no reason in hell why anyone from a functioning state or city should be paying for Adams's mess or quite frankly, the voters that uh, voted this in or the people that were too lazy to vote at all. By the way, we have city council elections in November. I hope people come out and actually vote. What, um, what about Adams himself? Is, can he be recalled? Can he be impeached? I mean, he's clearly broken, it looks like, every law in order to do this. And he's weird. He's got this weird double talk that he gives you this happy talk like it's all great. I mean, he gaslights you. It looks like every time he talks. What, what, what's available to the citizens of, uh, of uh, New York to do about him? Listen, yes, he can be recalled. We can recall this entire government, but here's what we can also do. We can also actually get out and vote. Only 25% of registered voters voted in the last mayoral election. 15% of registered voters elected Adams. 
again, this is what it looks like. We have the government that we deserve and we should get zero federal bailout, zero. It will never be enough. It will never be enough. Jackie, do you think things are going to get worse? They can only get worse. They can only get worse. But the great news is, is that it really looks like Democrats have had it. The question is, have they had it enough to vote differently? Uh, Will they stay at home? Will they move? But again, based on all of these numbers, 70% of the Bronx, I mean, that's majority black and Hispanic. They wanna leave New York. I mean, this is really crazy. It's, I've never seen anything like this. Jackie, how do people get to your reporting over at the Manhattan Press? How do they follow what you're doing for the schools there in New York City? Yeah, please, you can follow me on Instagram at Jacqueline for NYC. That is J-A-C-Q-U-E-L-I-N-E-F-O-R-N-Y-C. And I have a book, Supermoms Activated. It's online, Amazon, Barnes & Nobles. Please get a copy. Who's, uh, you, you have a collection of moms there in, in, that, in that book. Talk to us about a couple of them. Yeah, I have Tina Deskovich, uh, co-founder of Moms for Liberty. I have Kimberly Fletcher. She has Moms for America. Astra Namani, that has a case before the Supreme Court to ban race-based affirmative action in K-12 schools. She'll likely win. Um, I have Olivia Barnard, who won a seat on a school board. I have Callie Fontania, former public school teacher. She started her own online school. And Sarah Gonzalez, who exposed the drag shows geared at children. Uh, she's a host at Blaze, went viral on Tucker Carlson. This is a great way to prepare yourself for what's coming this school year. It's it's not going to be good. Sorry. Um, anything, <laughs> any updates? Before I let you know, it's a fantastic pitch. Anything on COVID in New York City? Kentucky already set down. Uh, there's a school district shut down. There's words of mass mandates everywhere. Uh, Governor Abbott's come out and said, not on my watch, no more Texas. Any any heads up in Manhattan? Are they going to go back to masking right away? Yeah, just based on precedent, uh, Mayor Adams is weak. He's useless. No one respects him in city council. Uh, Hochul doesn't respect him. There's a lot of infighting amongst the Democrats. And keep in mind that New York City kids wore masks later, I think, than anywhere else on the globe until June of 2022 last year. So, uh, yeah, they'll probably bring it back easily. No problem. God, unbelievable. unbelievable. Jackie, I'm glad we got fighters like you in Manhattan. I tell you, one of the greatest cities in the world, greatest city in the United States. And it's just it's it's absolutely horrible what's happening in that city. All self-inflicted wounds, 100 percent self-inflicted. Thank you for joining us, ma'am. Thank you. I appreciate it. A, the hellhole of New York. Dr. Thayer, you've got a great piece up on American greatness. I want to get to it in a second because it's a good way to kind of frame things and think about it. But I got to ask you, the brick situation, because a lot of people are saying she didn't get what he wanted, uh, although he got Iran, Saudi Arabia, and UAE to throw in with bricks. I'd like to talk to you about bricks and then the economy he went back to because all of a sudden I see New York Times, Washington Post, Wall Street Journal, they finally woken up to the fact that data coming out of China is really propaganda. It's not really financial numbers. And now they're all in a panic of how bad the economy is and how bad it's going to impact the world. Your thoughts, sir? Well, what Xi got out of uh, BRICS was the following, Steve. As you noted, first, uh, he's broadening it. So there are going to be new members, including Saudi Arabia, UAE, 
Uh, and then there'll be others. Russia will host BRICS next year, and they're thinking that Venezuela will join. Uh, so OPEC states are increasingly being drawn into BRICS. Secondly, the effort which you've covered assiduously, which is to replace the monetary regime, dollar-based monetary regime upon which the West and then later the world uh, depended uh, with some type of basket uh, of currency. So that's what he's achieved. The third thing he achieved was he, he wanted to take his finger and poke Uncle Sam in the eye. Uh, and um, uh, he achieved that uh, in a large, uh, a large degree uh, as well. So uh, uh, those were uh, some of the major things that are coming out uh, of uh, BRICS. But recognizing it's an ongoing show, it's not going to go anywhere. Uh, and it's going to continue to broaden uh, in terms of uh, numbers. Whether he's going to be successful in his new monetary regime is less clear, uh, but nonetheless, the slope of the curve uh, is evident. Um, and I want everybody to go to Birch Gold. Make sure you go to Birch Gold right now, slash Bannon, and get the end of the uh, dollar empire. You've got to read this because this is the center of the geopolitical struggle right now. It's about our currency. You can understand why the BRIC central banks are buying gold at record rates and the Federal Reserve is trying to create a digital currency at a record pace. There's something amiss here. That's why you got to understand gold. And the way to do it is go look at our three-part series, The End of the Dollar Empire. we got a new part coming out. That's uh, birchgold.com slash Bannon. Go do it today. The Secretary of the Commerce, I keep warning people on the show that the, 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 the real estate market and what, and what she has created – is incredibly unstable. It's not quite showing up in Chinese bonds yet, or even the stock of the of the banks. But that the only way they can so survive, like they did in '49 and they did again in in '89, uh, is a bailout by the American elites. And the Secretary of Commerce has landed, and she's talking about, oh, we got to balance it. We got to get into a balanced trade relationship as a foundational element to keep the coupling tight. Your 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 thoughts, Doctor Thayer, on on the Biden regime's strategy here for actually increasing coupling, sir. Absolutely. What we've witnessed this summer is a cavalcade of Biden administration officials going to Beijing and kowtowing to their Chinese call it, uh, uh, colleagues, either Xi Jinping or other uh, officials. The Secretary of Commerce's performance in Beijing, having arrived there today, Monday, has been outrageous. Uh, she's attempting a smoke and mirrors move in terms of creating new committees, new organizations that will really look at uh, uh, essentially elements of high tech and to ensure U.S. national security uh, is uh, protected. Uh, but that is uh, simply unsustainable. The entire effort is to maintain the old regime and the old regime has failed. The old regime of the engagement school, which has profited so many on Wall Street, New York, other New York markets uh, and, and others in universities, media uh, in Washington, obviously, many other centers of power in the United States. They've profited handsomely, but it's failed. Uh, and what she's doing is outrageous because the Biden administration is trying to rescue the CCP. And what Jim Fennell and I argue in our piece is that uh, that um, this effort uh, really shows the divide. 
this situation cannot go on any longer, where the old regime in the U.S. tries to bail out the CCP, while the, CC, the Chinese Communist Party, while the Chinese Communist Party is failing due to their own oppression, misrule, and malpractice uh, uh, for uh, decade uh, after decade. Now is the time that we have leverage to employ against the Chinese Communist Party and the Biden administration, case of Secretary of Commerce, uh, is doing everything they can do to save the Chinese Communist Party. So what uh, Jim Fennell and I argue is that, hey, this is a tipping point. Right now, right here, right now, we have to draw the line. This cannot go on any longer, and we need to know whose side are you on. Are you going to be supporting the United States, or are you going to be su uh, supporting your friends in the CCP? Uh, because... Um, this situation is absolutely uh, untenable. And what we're calling for is some type of statement from, sec uh, from uh, House Speaker McCarthy, a, a, a modern Truman Doctrine, where Truman Doctrine said, hey, if you're going to stand with us against the Soviet Union, we're going to back you. Now, that would not come from Biden administration, obviously, but the House has the opportunity uh, to seize leadership here and to make that type of bold statement, to draw the line in the sand and say, Americans fight against the CCP. Uh, and if you're trying to save the CCP, you're on the wrong side. Uh, that, absolutely, for the American people and for American national security interests. So again, this situation cannot go on. We cannot bail out the CCP we should do everything we can do to leverage them when they're at their point of maximum weakness, which they are now. This is the time to move against them um, in every way, in the economic realm, to cut them out of New York markets, to cut them out of Wall Street, uh, on the domestic front, to continue to call attention to their abuses against the Chinese people and the American people uh, due to their practices, as well as people around the world. Also, to stand with the Philippines and Taiwan, other states that are on the front line of their expansionism, which is despite their weakness, and in fact, perhaps because of their weakness domestically, they're um, determined to aggress uh, in uh, abroad uh, against the Philippines, Taiwan, Japan, India, other states uh, very likely uh, as well. Let, 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 let me go back. Is the is the most important is the most important statement we can make? It's one thing I agree. A statement we're going to back you if you're anti CCP and want to take down the regime. And Gallagher's got the committee, and they're doing their job. It's a little more geopolitical than, than I, I would like. I don't know if it's really cutting to the chase, but it's an effort. It started. Isn't the action we should take here is through the budget process because the House is really about money. Couldn't we make a tremendous statement by by zero, say we're going to defund these programs in, in commerce and defund these programs across the government and cut out all the money? We're still giving billions of dollars to the Chinese Communist Party and all these different programs. Couldn't we do it by all that gets extracted? Not one penny to the Chinese Communist Party, not one penny to any appeasement of the Chinese Communist Party, whether it's given it to the U.N., the State Department, whatever department. And people will be shocked at how much money. Is that what we do and say, hey. If Biden wants to shut down the government, 
to the American people wants to shut down the post offices and, you know, the mail to grandma and the Social Security checks. If he wants to shut it down because we're choking out the CCP from American taxpayer money, so be it. Is that is that a type of action that you and Captain Fennell would support? Absolutely. That's a, a, a positive step forward uh, to use all of those tools uh, to put pressure on the Biden administration. Again, the Biden administration is the old regime. They failed, right? So they're trying to reinforce failure, uh, which is absolutely foolish. It's also foolish to try to save your enemy, right? The first rule of strategy is don't try, don't save your enemy. Biden administration is determined uh, to do so. You so see, Steve, but we have- see, it's the enemy. It's the enemy of free people. It's yeah. their business partner. That's right. what they're trying to save it. They're that's, trying to save the a business model. Dr. Thayer, where do people go to get you're, – you're up on American greatness. Where do people go? How do people get this and, and other things you and Captain Fennell are working on? Oh, well, uh, at Getter or uh, Truth at Bradley Thayer or the Center for Security Policy uh, or American Greatness uh, runs our articles uh, uh, fairly frequently. Uh, so you can go to all of those sites. But that did it, 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 uh, exactly, Steve. Uh, the old regime is the partner of the CCP, and it's time to say no more. This is uh, uh, if we're going to save the country, if we're going to protect American national security, no more. Can't go on. And using you, the budget, if you and don't, using McCarthy as a bully pulpit, since the president won't use the bully pulpit, somebody's got to use it. If you don't believe Dr. Bradley Thayer of the War Room, just go check. Just go to go to CNN or go anywhere right now and check what the Secretary of Commerce is over there. We told you what it was going to be. They took 27 companies off the restriction lift. She's over there, Cowtown, right now, talking about how do they stabilize trade to assist the CCP through this financial crisis. They're they're bailing out their partner, and their partner happens to be the most murderous dictatorship in the history of mankind, the Chinese Communist Party. Dr. Thayer, thank you so much. Honored to have you on here, brother. Thank you, Steve. Thanks very much. My pleasure. Uh, okay. Stop giving money to people that hate you. No, no, no. I'm not saying don't pay your taxes. <laughs> you got you to gotta pay your taxes, I guess. Um, the uh, I'm saying don't give your money to people that hate you. Who would that be? That would be the big world corporations. Go to Public SQ right now. They're already a publicly traded company. Uh, Michael Seifert and the team there have set up a platform that if you're an entrepreneur, you can list your company with your products and services. If you're a consumer, you can go and check out uh, companies that support your values. Doesn't cost you anything. It's advertiser supported. PublicSQ.com. Go check it out today. Okay. We are going to leave with, uh, we're going to play the Johnny Cash version of the promised land. Johnny Cash with our money takeaway. We'll be back here tomorrow morning. Live at 10 a.m. on fire as usual. So wishful I to Canaan's fair and happy land where my possessions lie. I am bound for the promised land. I'm bound for the promised land. Oh, who will come and go with me I am bound for the promised land o'er all those wide extended plains shines one eternal day 
Their God the sun forever reigns and scatters night away. I am bound for the promised land. I'm bound for the promised land. Oh, who will come and go with me? I am bound for the promised land. When shall I reach that happy place and be forever blessed? When shall I see my Father's face and in His bosom rest? I am bound for the promised land. I'm bound for the promised land. Oh, who will come and go with me? I am bound for the promised For War Room veterans, you know we have been all over this supply chain issue with China and medications and the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. Jace Medical. I got an emergency medication kit from them. The FDA just declared a global shortage of medication and warned that critical antibiotics are in stream short supply across the United States. But you know that because you're a viewer or listener of the show. Now, here's the action you can take to correct. Do yourself and your family a favor and get your Jace case right now. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you'll have on hand for common emergencies. Just visit jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. Take a few minutes and fill out the form. Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. Go to Jace Medical. That's one word, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out. 